the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're moving ever so quickly towards the month of December. Not there yet. A little bit of profit taking yesterday. Markets have been on a roll since President-elect Trump took the election. There's no need to suggest that yesterday's profit taking was anything other than profit taking. But then again, that's how the game's played. At this point in time, you're like, ah, it's just a little profit taking. If it happens two, three, four, five days ago, oh, it's just a little mini correction. For a whole month, it's, oh, it's a correction. Uh, three months down the road, oh, it's bear market. You really never know. And I'm having done this for so many years, I see so many people try to be right. Um, and it's not the way to play the game. The Russell 2000, which had the biggest post-election move, small cap companies. You know, the S P five hundred big cap companies, Russell two thousand small cap companies, there's value companies, there's growth companies, there's different ways of, of lumping these guys into indexes. Um it had a big laggard yesterday, the uh, Russell two thousand. I think the Wilshire five thousand, the Russell three thousand are great indexes if you want good broad exposure. Total Burger Advisor for Shaggy Action, any stocks mentioned. Um so a lot of reports out right now make it sound as if a compromise on OPEC is unlikely. OPEC got together a couple months ago and said, you know what? This oil at $28 a barrel sucks. How's it for you, Iran? Sucks. How's it for you, Saudi Arabia? Sucks. Cater? Sucks. Uh, Iraq? Sucks. So they basically got together and said, okay, how, what can we do about it? How about we cut supply? Good. Good by you, yes, 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 yes. Uh, wait. Everyone says uh, positive things, right? Uh, long story short, when a push comes to shove, cutting production is not the easiest thing in the world to pull off. <clears throat> because Saudi is a big producer. Um, let's say Cater is a smaller producer. Uh, who do you want to cut You know, 100,000 barrels? It's much more material to Cater than it is to Saudi Arabia. 
So a lot of people just don't believe that's going to get done, and thus oil has had to move lower. So now oil moving lower is both a good thing and a bad thing. I, I can't say it any other way other than that. Cheaper oil means, you know, uh, something that we put into vehicles that burns away and is gone forever. Something that we put in factories burns away and is gone forever. Um, it doesn't really create that finished product that we want for the long term. It's cheaper. So we can make things like cars and make things like planes out of it. Or help make the products that make those products. So we had a pretty good quarter out of Tiffany. Ticker symbol on Tiffany is TIF. Um, Tiffany is a, we- a tough play. Because it's a luxury... Uh, goods player, right? We all know Tiffany. You don't go into Tiffany's and say, I'd like a keychain. And it's like a $65 keychain. I thought it was going to be $6. No. <clears throat> Good luck with that. So Tiffany's is one of those companies that in good economies does very, very well. In bad economies, it does pretty well. That's the thought. In large part, why? Um, because people who are wealthy who shop at Tiffany's can do it in a good economy or a bad economy. So, with that said, that's not totally true. But I think it's a play usually on P.E., if the P.E. historically ranges between 15 and 25, and it's currently at 23, you know, it's on the expensive side, historically. So 2.3% dividend yield is attractive. Um, the P.E. is not, but then again, it's a company that you know that's going to be okay, and it's going to be around for quite a while. Uh, and then you're like, oh, what if Amazon starts doing diamonds? Well, they do. Uh, but there's something about that cheap little blue Tiffany box that gets people all excited and into a tizzy. So we got that out there going. So Tiffany, a good quarter. <clears throat> now, other than luxury, what does it tell us? Oh, there's some confidence out there. You got an upbeat outlook from United Health, ticker symbol UNH. You got President elect Donald Trump basically putting someone into the position of health services as someone very, very likely to dismantle or try to dismantle Obamacare. You see a positive revision to third quarter GDP, all helping keep basically a bit on the markets today. It's nice. So there's some GDP numbers out there that a lot of people think the first year of Trump or the first six months of Trump will be a GDP of about 4% in the United States. Uh, we came in at a 3.2% rate, which is pretty good. GDP is one of those things that's very much so like Goldilocks. You get your porridge, and you don't want it too hot. 4% is too hot because it creates inflation. It creates cockiness. It creates people who are like, I'm the smartest employee ever. Um, I want a raise, or I'm going to go to another company. So 4% GDP is too hot. 2% GDP is like, it creates employees who are like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I'm just going to stay right here right now. 3% is just right. Um, You get some good solid growth. You get a little bit of inflation, not too much. You don't get people bailing to go get another job. You don't get deflationary issues based on confidence issues. So the GDP number was pretty good. 
that's a nice way to end the year. Again, this is a weird end of the year because we're basically putting a television star on the presidential White House or into the presidential White House. And I think a lot of people don't know what that's going to look like or don't know what it's going to feel like. So the third quarter of 2016 marked the first time since the third quarter of 2014 that there was at least a three-handle, a three-percenter on GDP growth. And that's a nice number for people in the industry. So we got that going for us. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Crude oil pressure is probably the big story today tied towards OPEC. European financials markets rebounded from recent weakness. You're seeing strength in consumer discretionary, financials, healthcare, and utilities. Weakness in energy and materials. A um, little bit of profit taken here and there, but nothing too crazy again. The Case-Shiller House... Oh, that's easy for me to say. Ho, 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 everybody. I got uh, Christmas on my mind. Got my mind on my mind. Money on my mind on my mind on my money. Okay, no, no, no. No Christmas bells. I want to talk to you. I want to talk homes. U.S. home prices have fully recovered from their steep plunge during the housing bust and Great Recession, according to Standard Poor's Core Logic Case Shiller Index. <clears throat> um, that's nice. That's that's great. So we're back to 2006 levels, even though the stock market's back to all-time high levels. So after rising 5.5% in September from a year earlier, the milestone comes more than four years after steady gains of just four straight years of steady gains, the case shiller index. Blame steady job growth. Blame low mortgage rates. Encourage Americans to buy more homes. Seattle, Portland, and Denver continue to be the areas that have the largest annual gains, shifting from San Francisco, L.A., New York, and Chicago as they go towards more mid-level cities. Will the same thing happen in the stock market? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Tell a friend. Find me at robblackshow.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. So much is left undone. Is there a reason why I'm still awake? He says, I've got you That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So even though there's not a lot of economic data that's hard today, there is some economic data that's good to look at. Now, again, this is not um, boom, boom, boom. It's, it's, It's a lot of reporting of what's already happened. And a lot of psychology. So that's something I'm kind of warning you on before you go, oh, hey, this is all you know, great. Um, 
first and foremost, today we saw the home prices surpass pre-recession levels from the Case-Shiller uh, index. So a new peak set, ongoing recovery in home prices, shores up Americans' household wealth. People feel wealthier. Should provide more homeowners the incentive to sell as well, hopefully getting some more inventory out there. Number of homes for sale right now is low, partly because a lot of families have little equity in their homes. Home prices have increased uh, nicely since the real estate market began recovering in 2012. So the prices have far outpaced Americans' ability to grow their incomes. And uh, that's going to hurt overall. It can't be sustainable. So, but uh, all things considered, pretty nice to see some of these numbers. So, uh, 20 cities are reported in the numbers. They, uh, of seven of the 20 have hit new highs. Um, but there's a lot of cities that still remain well below their all-time highs, including Miami, Tampa, Phoenix, and Vegas. And Phoenix and Vegas, back in 2000, 2002, if you turned on the radio, a lot of people were telling you to invest there. In fact, Trump, not Donald Trump, but Ivana, Ivanka Trump, I uh, was telling you to invest in Vegas, and uh, I find that hilarious. Why would we ever take his opinion on real estate, let alone his ex-wife's opinion on real estate? But we do. So GDP crushes expectations, consumer spending strong, and consumer confidence was much higher reading than expected. Um, let's bring in Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source, to talk a little bit about some of the ramifications this has in the mortgage market. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. So San Francisco rents falling. Median asking rent, $3,380. But that's a pretty small little space. For a two-bedroom, rent fell 6.6%. So 4670 2300 have a roommate. Um, a lot of millennials are packing three, four, five people into that two-bedroom. Someone takes the couch... Two people hooking up in a bed. What's the laws about that? There's something that... There's going to be some occupancy rules. I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure what San Francisco is. Yeah, I think um, legally a landlord's not allowed to ask how many people are going to be in there. But the expectation is that there's not more than two per room. Let's see. Reno rent's going up. Would you want to live in Reno? I've, I've actually spent some time in Reno. Um, was it in their big jails? <laughs> big jail. Um, no, it wasn't in a jail. You learn how to play the blues. You know, I think Reno's a a really cute town. Um, depending on you know what you, it's grow, there's parts of the city that are growing a lot like San Francisco is where there's that cuteness that you you've talked about and still has some of that cuteness. Um, it's got a small town feel. There's, the traffic is great. There's a lot to do in the city. I, I think it's I think it's got a lot of opportunity. I think you just have to get used to the wind. That was the first thing that's that I remember going to Reno, the, the, the speed limit signs were actually bending over on springs because if they didn't, they'd break. Uh, and then you have to get used to the, the seasons. I've lived up and down the East Coast, and I've always lived on a coast. And I can't imagine living not on a coast. It's, it's a weird thing to explain because if you were to tell me, if I, let's say you're a pretty young woman from California, and I'm talking to you, and I'm flirting with you, and I go, hey, you like living in California? Yeah, I like living in California. I can never see myself moving. I've got to be near an ocean. I'd be like, that sounds stupid, but here I am saying i got to stay on a coast. I don't think I could go inland. 
Well, I think I think there's jobs moving there, and I, I kind of agree with you. But the other amenities, I, I think people like the fact that they can get up to the mountains very quickly. There's a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, there's a good, great little river. There's fishing. I think it has that kind of Western feel that a lot of people are looking for. Western feel. You know, I, you're seeing a lot of jobs. I, mean, I drove up yeah. to the Tesla, the, the Tesla um, factory, and that, that thing's huge. It's massive. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole corridor. It's just off this, the county line that's going to stretch all the way from, I think, Fernley all the way down to Carson City. And it's just out of the outskirts of, of the um, Washoe County. And it's it's a, a it's a huge project, and they're building this road to to bypass um, um, eighty, and it, it's it's bringing a lot of attention, a lot of jobs to Reno. I mean, you, you just talked about the rents for one bedroom and two bedroom are going up. Meanwhile, San Francisco is coming down. Yeah, there's you know I'm sure there's a massive difference in in the numbers, but. Uh, as an investor, you're seeing a lot of people saying, I like it. I like this as an investment. Home prices have gone up in the southern part of the city where Tesla's headquarters are. And that is, um, I think we're looking at upper double, you know, 15, 20% increases in home prices. So we're seeing some good activity there, Rob, that is attracting the people saying, you know what, I like these amenities. Right now, who's calling you? Who's buying a house or who's refinancing a house um, in the Bay Area? Let's get back to home. <laughs> A lot of people looking, and I like calling it managing your your mortgage. A lot of people say, oh, I want to manage my debt. Managing your mortgage is one of those things that low rates give you those opportunities to do. I mean, the 30-year fix right now, if you have a conforming loan, which is under 417, is 3.54% according to Freddie Mac. So having the opportunity to say, you know what, I might want to reamortize or I might want to go to a 20-year or a 15-year. I know a lot of people are calling me about, uh, maybe they've been in their loan for seven years and they want to turn it to a 20-year loan and save three years in, in, in their mortgage and keep their mortgage payments the same. Um, I've actually had some people with a 15-year going back to a 30-year because they want to put extra money somewhere else, maybe into another investment or uh, fund their IRAs. They're, they're not happy with the stock market. They might need to, you know, some sort of other angle. So, Low rates have really gotten people active, and and that's really what we're seeing. And it's the purchases are there. In fact, you know, right now I'm working on, you know, probably six purchases that, uh, you know, we don't know if they're going to go through. A couple people have already identified properties. I think that's really important that that people get out and continue to to not give up. That's the first thing. Uh, there is more inventory hitting the market. Uh, but what I am hearing is that there's not the quality inventory that people are looking at. So th- there's a lot of it, – it's – a mixed amount of calls that I'm getting right now. Portfolio loans. What's a portfolio loan? Uh, portfolio loans something that doesn't conform with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jumbo, uh, FHA, and it's it's basically a private loan held by a bank as, as opposed to being sold. Uh, and they they offer opportunities for people. Well, it's their guidelines can be more flexible on certain things. Uh, there are things called bank statement loans, uh, but some of the parameters that I like um, for the 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 one reference that you're making on this um, is that you can go up to $2.5 million with 5% down without mortgage insurance. So I think what portfolio lenders have done is say there's a gap in in lending. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. It's that time of the week where I get to talk to the one, the only Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Someone I've never met in person, but I'd like to. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing uh, very well, thanks. Nice to be back with you. You have a good Thanksgiving, a good little, good little downtime with the family? We did indeed. So it's always good to uh, have some extra family time and to take a break from work. And, um, and now we're back at it here, uh, heading into year end. Now, the market didn't take much of a break while you and I were off, but uh, how does how does that make you feel that to see things like kind of coming to a charging end of the year? Well, um, you know, I think um, all else equal, people would rather see higher prices than lower prices. Um, so uh-huh. it's you know somewhat encouraging that the market uh, has gotten a lift here. But I think what uh, the, the risk we want we run in terms of looking at this rally, you know, clearly there's been a post-election rally, right? A lot of uh, money flow activity here that's lifting stock prices. But, but we can't forget either that beneath all of the the money flow surge tied to the election, um, is you do have an economy that's that's improving and you have earnings growth that is picking up. Uh, these are two very important factors that have been, you know, kind of. MIA for a while, and and that's that's the more encouraging thing to me. I think you know, the market has probably gotten ahead of itself here on this post-election rally, probably due to, to consolidate a bit. Um, but you know, when that consolidation period is done, what you're left with is an economy that's stronger uh, and an earnings environment that's improving, uh, and that's a hopeful uh, uh, condition as we look into uh, 2017. So. Putting this into perspective, the there's be a transition presidency, presidential transition. Um, oil seems to be a big play in the world markets at this point in time. Will OPEC stick to their guns? Um, a lot of countries seem to be responding to the political transition in the United States. Uh, do we see good things down the road, or do we see more, I guess what the press is kind of deeming, uh, countries kind of like protecting themselves and kind of you know holding up so to speak and uh, uh, making sure that they don't get hit by Trump and his uh, policies. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's there's some uh, some some hopeful anticipation twinged with uh, you know a uh, an element of angst, right? And so uh, clearly the stock market uh, is discounting a much. Uh, more hopeful outlook here. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that when you see what has okay. been leading in this post-election uh, move. You know, banks have been outperforming, the cyclical sectors have been outperforming. Um, you know, so it it is anticipating an environment where you have uh, uh, a new administration that, you know, advocates for you know, what it's going to call pro-growth policies brought about by tax cuts and infrastructure spending. Um, you know, how that all ultimately plays out in re- relation to the deficit and the national debt, um, we've talked about this before, probably isn't so great over the longer run, but uh, there's always the uh, the caveat that you could potentially get stronger growth as a result of these new policies that help mitigate some of those concerns about a rising national debt uh, and a growing deficit. So 
very much a wait and see type of attitude to, to to figure out, you know, or you know, seeing, you know, what really will unfold over the course of the next year or so. Never mind the first 100 days in uh, President Trump's administration. Um, so the stock market, though, is looking, is acting hopeful. But I think that you know everyone involved also recognizes there's this this wild card element uh, in Mr. Trump and uh, and perhaps some of the policies he might pursue uh, that could upend this market rally, particularly if they take uh, if some of these policies take a, a strongly protectionist bent. Uh, and that could create some uh, some trouble for the stock market uh, that right now isn't behaving as if it's expecting any trouble. But but that risk is out there. Every now and then, working in financial media gives me a pretty good gauge in the consumer that you might not get. Um, I've had a couple emails, probably about three in the last 21 days, that are asking me about putting money into foreign markets. What's a safe way to do it? Putting money into gold, what's a safe way to do it? Um, typically, that's pretty fringe kind of stuff. And I see it after terrorism. I see it after presidential elections. I see it after, you know, big events. Um, do you ever buy into, like, the, the debt's so large I need to, you know, go put money in gold? Or are, are there any extremes that bother you to the point of taking action? Well, you know, just looking at things from a fundamental standpoint, uh, what, you know, gets my attention is when you have a market that is stretched from a valuation standpoint, uh, notwithstanding some of the, the positive-sounding headlines that have gotten us to that point. Um, but, you know, that's, that's you know, where you have to kind of sit up and you know, maybe start pairing some positions. I don't, you know, I don't believe okay. that you go into this, you know, all-cash mode. Um, but it's it's part of I think portfolio management, right? You you look at uh, those areas that have done extremely well and ask yourself if they're now have kind of priced in a lot of good news that might come you know come down the pike in you know the next six to twelve months. And if and if you're comfortable with that assessment, then you you know start paring back on some of those positions. And by the uh, you know conversely, you look at those areas that have not done so well. And ask yourself, well, you know, do I feel comfortable with the idea that, you know, most of the bad news that's gotten us to this point has that been priced in here? And then you start, you know, um, averaging into those positions as you, you know, just use the, you know, father time really to to help you uh, help see those areas come back um, when the comparisons get a little easier and, and and the outlook gets a little brighter. That can lead to some pretty good gains uh, when that combination arises. So. Um, so I don't, you know, I think in the context of a, you know, of a balanced portfolio, uh, yeah, maybe you have a small position there in, with gold, just not knowing if inflation is going to take off here, um, um, it's some exposure to the international markets. But, you know, one has to really understand their own tolerance for risk uh, and what their own comfort level is. Is it, is it really outside their comfort zone to go out and try and, like, buy into an emerging market in Asia or Latin America uh, when really they'd be better off? just staying domestic because they understand, you know, in better terms what's going on in the United States politically, economically, and socially. And, and when you have more, uh, more insight into those factors, it, it just makes you a better, uh, more competent investor than trying to, like, reach for the stars by, you know, getting some excess return, uh, you know, in an area that you're unfamiliar with. I like the way you say that because the small cap companies, which are kind of regional United States companies, have been market leaders since the Trump uh, presidency was announced. 
Um, I like the diversification. Is there anything else that you're working on? Any other insights that you want to share with us? Because I'm kind of leading the questions today, and I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job. You're doing a great job, as always, Rob. <laughs> I always enjoy talking to you and appreciate your insightful questions. Um, you know, I I, uh, I think I teased this in a segment before, and I got sidetracked with, with the rally, and so I wrote about something different but uh, in my big picture column that I posted before Thanksgiving. But I am going to come back around to, uh, you know, looking at, you know, who the – the upcoming Federal Open Market Committee, not the meeting itself that's going to happen in December, but about who the members are going to be uh, as we enter 2017. Um, and that will be, I think, an important uh, mix only because, um, you know, monetary policy has been so important in driving this market for many years. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how things work in the event you do get a fiscal stimulus package, uh, you know, and how these new members might respond in the event to uh, you see stronger inflation um, um, showing up here in 2017. So one of the things that you mentioned that we should do a quick follow-up on is interest rates in the December meeting. Are you expecting the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates? Because if they do... I happen to know that there's we have trillions of dollars of credit card debt and car debt and housing debt. It could have a pretty big ramification. Uh, well, one, I'm absolutely expecting the, uh, the Federal Reserve to raise rates in December, and I can say that the market is pretty much banking on that likelihood as well. Um, okay. And you, you're right. I think it's, you know, anything that's a variable rate, you know, is going to go up. And, yeah, it might not, you know, it's a, Maybe a 25 basis point increment, but but it nonetheless requires a um, uh, I don't know burdensome is the right word, but a higher repayment uh, option there that uh, does not exist right now, and that basically detracts from other areas of discretionary spending that could be used elsewhere. So um, you know we saw this happen in 2015, uh, and uh, and we obviously had a really disruptive start to 2016 uh, with some issues surrounding China's devaluation. Uh, and concerns about about deflation. Um, so uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, development if the Fed does raise rates to see how it does ultimately impact uh, economic growth. Probably nothing to significant degree, but it certainly will have some impact on the margin, as you allude to, with the higher repayment um, issues that are tied to variable rate debt. Sounds good. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. I start my day off every day, and I'm, I'm saying this honestly, uh, reading his page one column, and on Fridays he comes out with his big picture. Uh, the page one's five days a week, the big picture one day a week. Big picture, super long piece, um, good content, solid content. The whole website covers domestic and international markets with excellent writers who really aren't selling anything. So you get a lot of good information. Check them out at briefing.com. It's briefing.com.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The FBI has a news flash that they come out with on a regular basis. And one of the things they're saying is, be careful. It's in a report entitled, Tis the Season for Holiday Scams. Be careful. Uh, fraudsters are becoming a lot more clever in presenting deals that look sweet, but in fact will result in your losing cash or sensitive data, such as a credit card or Social Security numbers. Um, the electronic payment world that we live in now makes it even easier. There's a lot of cards out there, chip-based credit cards, adoption of them. Uh, a lot of identity theft can creep up. Uh, be careful when someone offers you an iPhone for $50 or a free TV for just filling out an online survey. Uh, I don't know. You know, who are the people who do this? And the moment I say that, I remember back in 1990, uh, in the 1990s, uh, late 90s, there was the Anna Kornikova virus. And I was like, who's the people, who are the people who click on this and, you know, see a nude picture of Anna Kornikova or something along those lines? And who are the people that click on that link and have their computer hacked and destroyed? And, uh, I was kind of laughing about it. And sure enough, within 48 hours, my computer got hacked and destroyed. And I don't think I did anything. I just think it was bad karma, bad juju. So, so the FBI helps us out, right, with warnings like that. Consumer Reports does as well. They're saying that if you're planning to shop this year with Amazon Prime, that it's totally worth it. I love Amazon Prime, and I think Jeff Bezos is, and I had an argument about this not too long ago, he is the Steve Jobs of the 21st century. Um, or the replacement Steve Jobs, or he's one of them, for sure. So the cornerstone of Amazon Prime has always been that fast and free shipping. And they'll even do things now, like if you don't want to get fast and free shipping, or fast shipping, they'll give you like a credit for a buck twenty-nine, so you can go download a song. Um, and that makes me feel happy. I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't need those nutrition drinks in two days, but I can get a free song? I'm in. That makes me feel good. Um, so they do two-day delivery on 30 million items, and this is not a, a commercial for Amazon. This is a business talk, and Jeff Bezos has kind of figured out what makes us happy. So um, video streaming is thrown into Amazon Prime for free, so not only shipping, but you get the video streaming. And the shipping used to piss me off, right? It used to anger you. You'd be like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go buy a shirt. I'm going to go to do, 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 Banana Republic, put in a shirt, do, do, do. And you're like, $14. So you got to the point of like, no thank you. And then he figured it out, and everyone's kind of copying him. So video streaming is you get thousands of movies and TV shows. Some of them are better than others. Um, I know someone right now who's interviewing for a job at the kids' side of streaming because there's a secular slump in television right now, especially tied towards kids' programming. But transparent 
Mozart in the des- in the Jungle. Um, they've got um, some theatrical debuts where they're buying you know Toronto film festivals. They've got the you know original programming like Man in the High Castle. You can watch Amazon stuff on your computer, on your Fire TV, other compatible devices. You can also download the Amazon Amazon Video app for your smartphone. But on top of that, not only do you get that, but you also get music streaming. Uh, unlimited ad-free access to more than 2 million songs and thousands of playlists. Uh, they recently had an exclusive deal with Garth Brooks, which it is what it is. I, a couple of months ago, wanted to see what the fuss was about Hamilton. And so I listened to it. I'm like, meh. And it wasn't on, I wasn't going to pay for it on Apple. And I couldn't figure out Apple Music to figure out if Hamilton was there. So I just went to my Amazon Music, Prime Music, and it was there. And I listened to it, and like, some songs were like, okay, I get it. Alexander Hamilton. This is the big one. Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done. I was laughing because I recently. heard someone criticizing the fact that um, criticizing the fact that you know people are rapping who shouldn't be rapping because it's kind of a rap show but anyway um, so you get with Amazon Prime you get the music you get the video um, you get audio series from Audible that perk allows listeners to stream audiobooks bestsellers favorite uh, family favorites celebrity narrated classics and Original audio series on demand. You also get Prime Photos, which is allow you to store up to five gigs of storage of videos and and photos. Uh, way better deal than Apple. You get goodies for gamers. Uh, they got they bought a company called Twitch. Uh, they offer ad free viewing of Twitch, the social video platform and community for gamers. Members also receive exclusive discounts on pre ordered and new release video games. They offered Prime Reading, which is kind of a Kindle lending library. It allows members to borrow a Kindle ebook per month for free. Prime Reading provides unlimited access to rotating selections of more than a thousand books. They've got lightning deals, which, you know, you get uh, daily limited time discounts on tech products, essentially. Amazon Fresh for an extra 15 bucks a month. You get to shop for groceries, perishables, and favorites. Um, there's some membership sharing for certain benefits. I think they're doing a really good job. There's a version of Prime for college students, which is cheaper. But the reason I bring it up is because Consumer Reports said it's totally worth it. I look at Consumer Reports. I don't live by it, but I certainly look at it. You can find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter Rob Black Show, and uh, Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.